This season of Moms in the Middle is brought to you by Lego Duplo. Support your toddler's imagination. You know, we're at Nana's and it's Christmas Eve and my kid opens up and he's like, I didn't want this. And I just, oh, she understands kids. She, she's not heartbroken. He's like three or four years old. But I learned. I actually said, you have to pretend you like it, even if you don't. This is Moms in the Middle. This is a podcast for busy parents who need a little help keeping their hustle in check. My name is Ivanka Osmak, and I have a two-year-old son named George. And I'm Melanie Ng with a three-year-old son named Josh. Whether they are, say, crawling across a playmat, maybe they have their heads buried in a video game, this is for sure. Buying gifts for kids at any age, it's not easy. It can be expensive, exhausting, overwhelming, and then you ask yourself, are they going to love it? Mm-hmm. Do they even really need it? Yeah, in the holiday season, for some reason, it's turned into all about gift giving, correct? Yes. And I will confess, I am a terrible gift giver. Uh-oh. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I just, I, I have the best intentions, and I want to be really original and really creative, and then I just miss the mark. And I feel like the recipient is always disappointed. I mean, it's easier with kids, I suppose. But. Yeah, but have you ever given to a kid, maybe, and they open it <laughs> and up they and they're crying? like, what is this? <laughs> yeah. What is this? Yeah, I, I've kind of been there. We're giving it to my niece when I think she was six years old, and all she wanted were toys, and I gave her pajamas. And oh, I thought they were the cutest pajamas. They never want pajamas. Never. And she didn't want it. But but I still thought they were really great. Her, her mom, my sister, was appreciative. So okay. that's it. So let's just say this episode is really, um, I think, tailored for me because <laughs> I better listen up because I need a lot of help in the gift-giving department, especially this holiday season. Okay, how about this? We're going to bring someone here who's going to do all the work for you. Okay? Perfect. Deal. All right, folks, in the history of Moms in the Middle (laughs) podcast, this is a long-running history, never have we had a three-peat guest, but it is happening on this episode. Kim Schiffman, she breaks all molds. So if we're going to have a three-peat guest, you know it's got to be Kim. It's got to be Kim. Mom (laughs) of two, editor-in-chief, today's parent. But also, Kim, before you say hello, we're going to play back this clip to you because you said you were coming back if there was a season three. Uh, Kim, thank you so much for joining us again. My if we pleasure. do a season three, you're back. Um, yeah. Count yourself in. <laughs> I would love to be here. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Kim. And we held you to your word. Welcome. I, I'm so excited to be here. I will come as often as you'll have me. And I'm so excited that here season three is here. This I is know. awesome news. Us too. Yeah. All right, Kim, we're going to get right into it. And let's talk trends. Because there are always trends uh, throughout the year, but it's specifically around the holidays for yeah. kids. Well, toy trends, of course. I mean, toy that's that's what kids are hoping to find uh, wrapped up for Christmas, Hanukkah, whatever they're celebrating. And there are toy trends every year. Um, so this year, there's always an animal that trends. Um, maybe unicorns are ringing a bell as something you've seen in the last few years. This year, there's still unicorns, but there's also llamas. What? I know. Um, There's a few different toys in our annual toy guide, which you can find in the November-December issue of Today's Parent and also online at todaysparent.com slash toys. And yeah, there's at least two, if not three, toys that feature llamas. I mean, they are cute. 
But what do they do? Yes. What do llamas do? It depends on the toy. We have a llama that twerks, and that is set to be <laughs> twerks. a twerking llama. Does set it to floss be... next? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's really actually quite cute. We have an office twerking llama. Like, we kept one of the samples for the oh. office because it just puts us in a good mood. It mood. It's a great, great toy. Because you gathered up all the experts to come upon this list, right? This is what we do. So we, we work with all the different toy manufacturers, distributors, and retailers. They send us all the new toys for 2019. And we test them both in-house. Our editors test them. And then we also send them out to real families. And we get those families to give their kids the toy and have them play with it as they would in just real life, nothing unnatural. And then they fill out a pretty extensive survey. And only the best ranking toys make the guide. So that's kind of what makes our toy guide different than just all the catalogs that show up in your mailbox at this time of year. Because those are just what the store wants to sell you. Whereas we're giving you the toys that actually were well-rated by families. Llamas. But there has to be... There's ages. There's age brackets and groups because a two-year-old may not like the same thing or is not going to like the same thing as an eight-year-old as a 12-year-old. So a llama, where does that even fit into the category? So we have one for a baby and there's one for preschoolers. They're <laughs> all course. over the place. Of course. Yeah, and that's a good point. We only we only give families the toy that's appropriate for the, their age of child because it's not just what they'll like. It's also a safety issue. You can't give a toy that's meant for an eight-year-old to a two-year-old and hope they don't get hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the big things, too, is, you know, Ivanka's got a two-year-old, I have a three-year-old. There's the struggle of whether or not to give them something ahead, technology savvy, or bring them back to the old school. You're building, you're making. Where does that fare when it comes to what you should get them? Yeah, that's really tricky because if you give little kids toys that make sounds, that light up, that move without you doing anything, they're going to be drawn to those. That's why those sell so well. Um, but they don't encourage active play. They don't encourage imagination, uh, fine motor skills. There's a lot of research that people do on this topic. So if parents are worried about their kids getting too into electronic toys, uh, toys that take batteries, really the only way to fight that is just to not bring those into your home. Mm -hmm. All right, so let's talk about classics and what are they? Yeah, so they're the ones that have been around forever. So building blocks, wooden blocks, just for stacking. Maybe they have letters and numbers on the side. It may seem boring compared to what's available now, but given those blocks, they encourage so many skills, your kids will play with those blocks if that's what they have available. There's also something like Lego for older kids, Lego Duplo for the younger set. And what's cool about those is you can play with them creatively. You can build whatever you want. Um, they encourage fine motor skills because it does take a little bit of skill to be able to attach them. But also these days, Lego and Lego Duplo will have sets so you can follow the instruction and build an actual structure. And then they often come with a character. So that encourages, um, you know, creativity and role playing and the kids will act out a little scene. One of the hottest sets um, this year that does appear in our toy guide is the Frozen 2 castle from Lego Duplo. Um if you don't know that Frozen 2 is coming out, then you, <laughs> where have you been? I don't, where I don't, are you? Actually, yeah. Are you sure you're a parent? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, and that's another toy trend. And that continues is toys that take um, hot movies, characters, video games, and then put them into toy form. For example, Nerf, uh, you must know about Nerf guns. They have a Fortnite gun this oh, year. Boy. So let's not get on the topic of of kids and guns because that's a whole other thing. Mm -hmm. But it just goes to show that from the Frozen 2 castle, from... Duplo to Fortnite to um, Power Rangers and Transformers. What is on Netflix is going to make it into the toy shelves. 
I'm going to be honest with you. When it comes to the building things, so uh, my son has way too many toys. I think we can all agree all mm-hmm. of our children have way too much, more than they need. But the things that have lasted, like physically lasted and lasted with interest have been those ones that are building. Like yeah. my son loves the the magnets, right? He likes putting things together that he maybe sort of was interested in last year, really liked them six months ago, and really loves them now. So mm-hmm. I think it's ones that they can change creativity and have a lasting effect, not just play with it for one month, right? Yeah, and that that brings me to a few other classic toys. Play-Doh, huge. There's so much you can do with Play-Doh from, you know, just the, the, just the skills that it builds, um, actually shaping and playing with Play-Doh. Those are fine motor skills that are really important. And then acting it out. You know, you make a pizza. Suddenly you work in a pizzeria. Here's a piece for you, mom. Here's a piece for you, dad. And this just encourages so much creativity and role playing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's also like things like Mr. Potato Head. There's a reason Mr. that's Potato stu- Head. It's still around. Oh, and yeah. there's a million iterations. But the classic Mr. Potato Head, I mean, not so classic that you use an actual potato because fun fact, <laughs> that's how that toy actually began. You just got the accessories and you would use a potato. Um, but no, but the ones you can get in store today, just the basic Mr. Potato Head, hours of fun. And if that's, you know, obviously if your kid has way too many toys, that's a whole separate problem where they almost don't know where to go. But presented with these classic toys, they will they will stand the test of time. The wire and bead toy, too, for babies and toddlers. You Never know the one you see at the doctor's office oh, where it's just yeah. wires oh, and yes. they're all curly and then you move the bead mm-hmm. along. That's almost like a roller coaster Classic. Now, I was, this might be um, also a hot topic in today's day and age, but I was a huge Barbie fan. Could not get enough Barbies. I think I had 50 plus. I had the Corvette. I had the Lamborghini. Like, what? Everything. (laughs) And I was, oh, yeah. I was the youngest of three. My sister couldn't care less about Barbies. My brother, neither did he. And for some reason, I loved it. Is that still something you're giving to kids these days? It's still totally a thing. Barbie is huge. And there is a Barbie toy um, in our toy guide. I think it's a plane. I have to double check. I'm pretty sure it's like a, a private Please. jet. See, yeah. So like it's it's large. I mean, mm-hmm. this is, think of like the dream castle. Like, it, you know, it's a big scale toy um, that you use to accompany your Barbies. Still totally hot. Um, there's a lot more inclusive Barbies these days. You can get Barbies of all shapes in terms of body size, um, ethnic backgrounds. There's a Barbie in a wheelchair that was launched a few months ago. And the proportions of Barbie are just getting a little more realistic. So it's not, um, there was a time when Barbie was controversial, like that were mm-hmm. damaging children. That's not the case anymore. But there's also a wide variety of dolls. I mean, Barbie is is not the be-all and end-all of dolls that you can dress up. There's mm-hmm. a, um, And Mattel just actually launched a gender-neutral line of dolls where the clothes mm. are gender neutral and I mean there's skeptics and cynics around things like that but at the end of the day you know that encourages even more creative play and it also means that little boys might not feel so awkward about playing with dolls as they begin to get to the age where they realize huh this doesn't seem socially acceptable yeah um it it can help with that I'm so glad you brought that up because I remember I loved Barbies too Mm -hmm. I had maybe maybe 20 of them yeah because I was you know I had my older brothers and then they said here play with these because I have no interest in playing with them. And there were no Asian dolls. I think the closest one I had to it, no joke, was um, a Hawaiian-looking doll. Right. And she was the closest one that looked like me. And I thought, well, I got to get her. And I thought she was, okay, I'm going to be like her one day. I think her name Mm -hmm. was Miko. I think I remember this. But Oh, I think you're right. I remember that, yeah. Um, But side topic here. So now we're talking a lot of smaller kids. When you get to the older kids, it's a lot more complicated, I find. And I just in the last couple of years, my husband and I, for our two nieces, we said, we are done with the gifts for this, for this age category. You know, they're now 8, 10, 13. 
we want to go experiences because this is something, A, they just have to do it, um, and B, it's just something different. Yeah, you're an A to experiences, Kim. So a million percent experience gifts. Um, there's a lot of actual research that shows that too many toys in the playroom is, like, bad for kids. They don't know where to go. They play with toys less than kids who have fewer toys. Like, the, the jammed playroom is doing nobody any favors. Um, and there's strategies for dealing with that. But first, let's get into experienced toys. What, you know, the, what grandma and grandpa worry about when you say, hey, you know what, mom and dad, the kids just give them a membership to something this year, is they think, oh, you know, they won't have anything to unwrap and they're not going to feel like they got anything from me. Put that aside and just think about the fact that whatever grandma or grandpa gets them is not getting played with when the playroom is already jammed. We have a million ideas on todaysparent.com for experience ideas. Here are a few that we find that kids really love. So one of them is subscription gifts. So this is not exactly an experience, but it, it's a hybrid, right? So you're getting something every month sent to you. Um, kids love it because it's something fresh every mm-hmm. single month. And oftentimes these are craft related. So they're not just getting jammed in a corner. You use them up and then they're done. It's something that they can keep. Or maybe it's like another kid craft where eventually you're just going to throw it out. <laughs> um, but it's not jamming up your playroom. And it's exciting for kids to get a new thing every month. Um, and so there's one called Kiwi Crate. There's um, Owl Kids publishes six different magazines that you could subscribe to. Um, there's one called Mail Order Mystery that sends clues for a mystery to solve. So those sort of um, span the ages. There's also classes, right? I don't know mm-hmm. about you yeah. guys, but like I just signed my kid up for semi-private swimming lessons. And $400 Expensive. later, you know, I can't keep this going all year mm-hmm. round, all sorts of different experiences. So if you can get someone to subsidize an awesome class that you might not have been able to afford otherwise or that would just complement what they're already doing great. Uh, Memberships, art galleries, museums, zoos, science centers. These memberships pay for themselves usually in a visit or two. And, you know, every time you go, you can remind them like, you know, we're here because your grandmother bought you this gift. Isn't this awesome? And you can bring her along on one Mm -hmm. of the visits. So she really feels a part of that gift. There's also just one-time admission tickets like to the aquarium, to an amusement park, you know, a children's discovery center. So it doesn't have to necessarily be a membership. I love that. These yeah. are all good ideas. Yeah. yeah. No, I know that's uh, my husband's mom did that where she got us to the science center and yeah. George loves it. We go off often and sometimes she just goes with him alone and and he he's at an age where he doesn't really understand who's giving him gifts and it doesn't really matter to him, but he loves going and that's his favorite thing to do. And so it's special time they have and I'm, I'm hoping if she's listening, she'll do it again this grandma, year. Yeah. Another <laughs> thing to up. do when you're thinking about when, you know, when grandma and grandpa are saying, you know, we need a list. If you're there's no more toys that you can think of that you actually need. Is just think a little outside the box. Think about sports equipment. Your kid might need a bike. I know it's not warm now, but it'll be warm mm-hmm. in six months, and you know you're going to want that bike. Um, all sorts of outdoor equipment that doesn't feel relevant now, but really will be. Um, and personalized items are also really cool. So you know maybe your kid has a pencil case or a charm bracelet with their name on it. Like that's really special to little kids. Obviously not babies, toddlers, preschoolers. But as they get older, something with their name on it is really appreciated. Just for them, yeah. So one thing I mentioned earlier was I gave my one of my nieces a few years ago pajamas, and she was so disappointed. Are clothes totally off limits? Is it something you want to stay away from? Because, you know, I do want to see, whether it's my child or others, I want to see them happy and excited and, oh, Auntie Vonka, you know, this is so great. Thank you. I'll always think of you. 
Um, you know, when you get that reaction, where, <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. I feel um, like tweens are into clothing gifts because they care more about labels at this age. You know, you can get them a pair of sweatpants at Walmart, but they're way more excited when they're wearing root sweatpants. You can't mm-hmm. avoid this. It just it's, it happens when they're in school. They start to notice that stuff. So I feel like clothing gifts can work for older kids. For younger kids, there's certainly nothing wrong with getting someone a clothing gift, that cute care pair of pajamas, a nice dress, but you have to also get them something they actually want. Because, yeah, clothing is just not exciting to them. And if that's the one thing, you're not going to get that no, big, excited hug. Over. Yeah. You're just not. Yeah. I mean, I, I do get my kids something they need along with something they want. We celebrate Christmas and Hanukkah in my house, so there's plenty of gift-giving opportunity. I need a lot of ideas. And, you know, they, I, I, we're at a point where they kind of get excited about not just quality of gift, but quantity. They want to see a lot of gifts under the tree. Mm-hmm. So if a few of those are socks, underwear, and, you know, a cute, like a comfy hoodie or a bat, new bathrobe, I don't feel too bad about that. I do watch them open their gifts, and I don't see that, you know, excited yeah. look when they rip that open. It's like, okay, cool, next. But next. that's fine. That's fine with me. I don't, I don't get too uptight about that. This season of Moms in the Middle is brought to you by Lego Duplo. Playing with Lego Duplo inspires and supports your toddler's imagination, curiosity, and courage to conquer the world one little step and one big brick at a time. Learning through play with Lego Duplo. Top of mind for a lot of people will be the environment. You know, maybe I don't want to buy something new. Uh, you bought some something new for them over their over the you know their birthday or just a few months ago, weeks ago, whatever. I I, I would say one of the best presents that we did receive was from my sister in law last Christmas. She took my nephews all his uh, all his toys, wrapped them up, and gave it to my son, and it was all brand new to him. But she's like reusing here, feeling great about that. We open it up, feel great about that. And this is a trend that you're starting to see a bit more of. And I, how do you feel about that? And does it, does it go over well with parents and with kids? So I'm 100% behind this. I think everyone needs to think about how to be more conscious of the environment um, when it comes to toys. And toys end, that are perfectly good shape that end up in a landfill, that's just tragic to me. So first of all, before we even get into your idea, I just want to say that this is a call to toy makers to work a lot harder at the packaging. The amount of packaging in toys is just outrageous. Unnecessary. Unnecessary. A lot of it is because they're getting shipped from, you know, overseas and they still need to be in perfect condition when they get here. I get that, but I also feel like a lot of toy makers could be investing a lot more in reducing the packaging and in making sure that everything is recyclable. So with that little spiel aside, I will say that I think it's a fabulous idea to get hand-me-downs, clean them up as long as they're in perfect shape, wrap them up. I absolutely did this because I have a five-year age gap with my kids. So as my older kid was completely done with his toys, I just made sure that um, some of them he hadn't played with forever were in perfect condition, wrapped them up, gave him the little one. He had no idea. He was delighted to have (laughs) these amazing toys. Everyone's happy. Another option is Facebook buy and sell groups. Those are huge right now. Um, They can be local, so you don't have to drive very far to pick something up. And you can get amazing toys that someone has grown out of. The only thing you have to worry about with that is things that have been recalled or that have expiry dates. I mean, you do have to do a little bit of diligence to make sure you're buying something that's safe. But 
to just not even consider that option is is not appropriate. You should at least think about where you can be more responsible in your gift giving. Okay, I don't know why I'm putting up my hand. You can't see me right now, but my hand's up like as if I'm in class. Do you think it's a faux pas as a parent, as someone who's giving and someone who's receiving to create a wish list or a do not buy list for other people? So for example, we send out a wish list to our family that says, um, here are things that my son is interested in. Here are things... Please do not buy him these things. He doesn't need them. Is that, I mean, is that a little, I don't want to say <laughs> controlling, controlling <now>? but, <laughs> but, or is it helpful? Which one? So I personally think it's helpful. I know that because we've posted stories like this on this sort of line of thinking um, on todaysparent.com, and I know that some people think it's tacky. They think it's kind of greedy. Um, like, like a registry almost? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and there are, there's some easy ways through technology to make this happen. On Amazon, you can create a wish list and then just send someone that link and say anything from here would be awesome. It's it's really personal. If you're going to do it, just own it and be, and you know, it, I feel like it's practical people who, yeah. who want to do these things. I am very practical and to me it only makes sense. I can imagine some people being a little bit put off by receiving it, but listen, the, it cannot be construed as rude. Like it's, what's the worst that can happen? Someone can be a little put off, but at the end of the day, you're not going to have 14 toys that your kid doesn't like, or you already have too much of, or that you're not comfortable with. So, uh, you know, personal choice, but I'm personally for it. Me too. I think you (laughs) know your kid best. And so you're trying to, to make it the best, the best gift giving experience ever. I do know, however, that my brother is is paying back for all those years that I gave his daughter, those noisy, (laughs) loud making toys. And he's, he's saying, well, now it's your turn. We're going to pass over this thing that you know, will go off in the middle of the night. Drums, exactly. He gave him that, that last year as well. Okay, here's where I need a little bit of help, Kim, is the pep talk now in preparing them about managing expectations. Because, you know, whatever holiday it is that you celebrate, say it's Christmas or Hanukkah, kids, you know, with all the commercials out there, they're thinking, I'm going to get this and this and this. I want this and this and this. How do you prepare them and say, you might not get that? Okay, I've totally lived through this. Okay. Okay, so first of all, there's another problem too, and it's that every time you go to a toy store in November or December, they're just going to point at everything and say, I want that for Christmas, I want this for Christmas, this is what I want for Hanukkah, and it's just going to, the list will get endless. What you do is you take a picture of everything. You say, okay, let's take a picture of that, and, you know, we'll we'll make a picture list, and that can sort of begin begin the beginning of, of the list. As far as managing how many, like, that they might be disappointed they didn't get everything, I think you just, that's just something you reinforce early and often, not in a serious sit-down conversation kind of way, just in a, you know, yeah, let's add that to the list. Maybe you'll get it. Maybe you won't. I guess we'll see. And just very much like that. Obviously, as a parent, you're going to know if there's one or two gifts that your kid is just talked about incessantly and will be, you know, gravely disappointed if they don't get. And, you know, you try to hope if hopefully you can manage getting them that one. But I just think, you know, for me, I just I say that a lot like, yeah, that looks really interesting. We'll put it on the list. You won't get everything on your list, but maybe you'll get that one. Just those little casual throw that in and they learn quickly. They get it. They get it. And the other thing I want to talk about is how to manage. I thought you were going there with this. And Mm. I think this is a good tip. So it's how to manage your kids' disappointed reactions when they open a gift from a relative that they don't (laughs) like. So I didn't know, you know, as a first-time parent, I didn't know I had demanded to this. And, you know, we're at Nana's and it's Christmas Eve and my kid opens up and he's like, I didn't want this. And I just, oh. And obviously, you know, grandma's, she understands kids. She's not heartbroken. He's like three or four years old. But I learned. 
So the next year, we literally rehearsed it. I was like, okay, hey, we role played it. I said, you have to, I, I actually said, you have to pretend you like it, even if you don't. I know it's lying, but in this case, it's the right thing to do. So we're going to practice it. I want you to say, thank you, Grandma. I want you to pretend you've opened something you hate. So I'll give him something and say, like, open it up, and you hate this gift, but I still want you to say, thank you, Grandma. And he did it, and he, you know, he got off a little bit on, like, ooh, I get to lie. Like, <laughs> um, but he had a lot of fun doing it, and it totally worked. Maybe that was just my, you know, my firstborn is very much a rule follower. If I tell him what to do, he'll want to do it. So maybe that was just his personality. I haven't had to do this with my little guy. But it totally worked, and, you know, we didn't have that awkward moment. Okay. Oh. Um, you've got two children. We both only have one, but... Do you weigh out how much you're spending for each child or, you know, if if one of your son gets a big gift, the other has to get a big gift too? Are you kind of equal of how you buy for them and sort out? I'm equal in quantity but not monetary value. Okay. And that might just be because my little guy isn't old enough to start counting up exactly how much I spent. Maybe this will change as he gets a little older and he's like, and he realizes that monetarily it didn't even out. But if one of them gets three or four, like four things, the other one should have four things to open. That just seems fair. I mean, that's just like low-hanging fruit as, a, as far as avoiding conflict. Like four for you, four for you, we're done. Okay. Because I know socks, pajamas, done. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, three oranges, that would be at the bottom of my stocking always. Because I know, it's, you know, growing up, sometimes I would get a big thing and that would be it. And my parents would justify it by saying, well, that was your one big thing, but your brother got five things that equal that. And I was like, no, I want five things. Well, and- if there's parents of small kids listening to this, I would I would urge them to not do what I did, which is I set it up early where there was a lot of quantity. So they would, you know, they'd come down on Christmas morning. And remember, like, I grew up Jewish, so I'm not, well, I'm still, like, I was learning how to be the mom of kids who celebrate Christmas. And I thought there's supposed to be all these toys under the tree. So I made sure to buy a lot and now I can't dial it back. If they come down and there's like two <laughs> things under there, they're going to be like, what the? It's, so, you know, set start it up. Small. Start small. Yeah, yeah, start small. There doesn't have to be 14 things under there with their name on it. Uh, if there is, then that's what you're setting yourself up for. And by the way, if they're teeny tiny, they're just going to play with a gift wrap. So you're fine. Yeah, yep. exactly. Go the easy. They don't, they don't need anything. You could literally wrap up like, you know, a piece of cheese and they'd be like, cool, piece <laughs> no, of cheese. Yeah, like yeah, it's, yeah. it's so easy. You don't know how easy you have it those first two or three years. It gets a we lot, didn't even lot buy harder. gifts for George the first first year of Christmas and, and birthday because, you know, he was getting enough gifts from other people. So it's it true. Fine. But I, what I've found from our readers is there's people who place a lot of value in this tradition. They don't mm. care if their baby has no idea what's going on. They will go out and they will buy those presents. Yes. And they will wrap them up and it's important to them. So And they're doing it for the gram. They're doing yeah, it for the gram. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. yeah. there's a lot going on for the gram. Aye. Kim? You're great. Thank you again for joining us. Uh, as four, we Kim. said, yeah, exactly. There's a reason you've been on the uh, on the podcast all three seasons. Thank you for sharing uh, all these wonderful tips and advice. And they're available in today's parent, the latest edition. Today's parent print. Today's parent online. Come follow us. Thank you. Thanks. All right, a lot of food for thought here when it comes to the gift-giving. Ivanka, did you get any great tips out of there? There were many. You know what I like that my mother-in-law has done is uh, experiences. So I think I'm really going to push that for not only for the holidays, but also for birthdays and going forward. And it's a way for other family members or friends to spend time with George. And I just think for us, we just don't need more stuff. That's what it always comes down to, stuff that's going to get ignored, stuff that's going to be 
um, you know, put in a closet or or just passed on. I, I really think George will benefit more from experiences and doing activities with uh, with people or whether that's me or, you know, grandma. So I think I'm going to really, really go for this experience package. Yeah. The experience package. Yes, Always what about that. <laughs> that sounds good. I want the experience package too. Um, and you know what? Whether it's taboo or not, I'm going to keep on sending out those those wish lists because it's I helpful. think it's practical. It's practical. I, I, we don't need, but also that we don't need all of those, you know, he got three of this and seven yeah. of these because he people know that he wants them. I'm going to say he needs this, Yeah, needs this, kind of likes this, and then cross those off the list. So sorry, family, if you are listening, I know they are. You're getting the lists again this year. And I hope you send your lists to me too. Exactly. It's just helpful for on the receiving end as well. We don't need seven llamas. That's the point <laughs> of this story. Hey, everyone. Again, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Moms in the Middle. We always have a blast. And of course, we always love when Kim Schiffman joins us. If you like the show, you know how to let us know. And don't forget, you can reach out to us on Instagram at Moms in the Middle Podcast. We always love interacting with you in between episodes. Let us know what you think, what you want to hear. This season of Moms in the Middle is brought to you by Lego Duplo. Support your toddler's imagination. This episode, as all episodes are, are produced by the lovely and talented Stephanie Phillips and presented by Frequency Podcast Network. <laughs>